Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, Ox1947, LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out what he has to say on the Lakers this upcoming season at LakersBall.com. Plus also, he owns a company. Yeah, it's Ox right there, Ox1947. At LakersBall.com. Plus, also, he owns a company that's on his shirt right there. His outfit right there is full of symbolates. Symbolates with a Y.com. Go ahead and check out why you need your lawn transformed like nothing else in the Southern California area. And you can do it today at Symbolates, Symbolates with a Y.com. I also host again the Pop Culture Cosmos and also, of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We've got two great episodes coming up for you this week Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also, as well, a state of pro wrestling on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So go ahead and check us out this week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus, also, as well, Lakerholics.com. Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. You know they're arguing about something, and Laker Tom has gotten a little bit of controversy with this white mamba comment. Go ahead and check out why in this latest article at Lakerholics.com. Of course. Empire Jeff TV, he said he'd be in here in a few minutes. Go ahead and subscribe today to Empire Jeff TV and go ahead and check out what he's talking about when it concerns the NBA right there for you at Empire Jeff TV. And speaking of subscribing, not only should you subscribe to Empire Jeff TV, not only should you subscribe to us, but our good friend John McCallion, go ahead and support what he's doing on YouTube today at the John McCallion channel. And of course, like I said, subscribe today. It's the little Joe right next to the Big Joe. So go ahead and tap on the Little Joe so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. I think we've got legitimately, I think, 960 subscribers. That's what I see. So if that's the case, and it's legit, we only need 40 more legitimate subscribers to get over the 1,000 mark again. So please go ahead and help us out today. Right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But I'll tell you what. Oh, 961. Sweet. 39 left. Counting them down indeed. But 
Great to have everyone here. Of course, upcoming on Wednesday, we've got the Chicago Bulls report. Looking forward to that. Plus also on Thursday, Toronto Raptors will be in town, a.k.a. Sean's neck of the woods. They'll be talking Toronto Raptors. I'll tell you the great guests that are stopping on by here in a little bit. But today, our conversation is veering towards the general consensus of all these individuals who have stopped by the program so far. And I'm very grateful for everyone you know, who's taken the time out of their day to go ahead and stop on by to give previews of their team. And I hope you as of well, you know, you've appreciated and enjoyed it in the chat out in, in as far as you're listening or you're watching. I hope you've had a great chance to go ahead and check out all the people who have shared their thoughts on their team so far. Well, we've got a consensus of where each and every one of those individuals have talked about where they think the Lakers are. So we'll talk about if that's a fair or unfair assessment on where the general consensus of the Lakers is so far. And that's coming up here in a minute. Plus also as well, JaVale McGee. Yes, he finally did get waived and his contract stretched by the Dallas Mavericks. He is now a free agent or he will soon be a free agent. Probably by the time you hear this, he'll clear waivers. Where is he headed to next? We talked about it on last week's show, but it, it's worth revisiting. There's some rumors about where he might go. Could it be the Lakers? We'll tell you the word that Woj is thinking about right here upcoming on the show as well. But first, my friends, we've also been talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff when it concerns the merchandise, the goods, as far as all the stuff that Joe is cooking up in Merch World. He just sent over a little while ago some great logos and texts that I was just saying, wow, they're really looking good. So I think that uh, we're go on that. So I want to just make sure and let everyone know we're progressing towards that. Joe, before we get into the conversation, Empire Jeff TV has joined us. Want to go ahead and make sure that, Joe, that you tell everybody out there, we're really progressing forward on the merchandise so far. I was pleasantly surprised at the font of Lakers fast break because the logo we got, the gear we got with a variety of logos. I told my apparel lady to just kind of throw stuff out there and, and see what, what might look good. Uh, the consensus is most of it looked really good. The only edit is, uh, and I think, I think it was a correct one. No, it was a correct one was we do want to put Lakers fast break under the logo and it looks really, really good. So I think you will come training camp. I think a lot of you are going to really, really like the, the gear and we'll decide what we're going to decide on what I guess the finishing touches will be here soon enough. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. So go ahead and make sure that when Joe makes them available, you go ahead and make sure and get your gear. Lakers fast break gear coming up in the not too distant future indeed. But it is, of course, what people have been talking about on this show We've had a lot of great experts coming up from around the NBA talking about their favorite teams. But as you know, the one thing we ask them to go ahead and do before they leave is give us a fair and honest assessment of the Los Angeles Lakers. And pretty much right down to a T, we've seen them picked right around the third or fourth in the Western Conference. They still feel that there's a little bit more that the Lakers would have to do in order to go ahead and surpass in the regular season where the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets, the two consensus leading favorites in the Western Conference, 
before they go ahead and pass those two. But here today to talk about that and to talk about to see if it's something that is realistic or if they think otherwise. Good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to talk to three chicks in a pod like I did earlier today. Go ahead and check out our conversation on the Lakers, the Kobe statue, the NFL, and more that we did on Three Chicks in the Pod right there for you on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. It is, of course, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. Want to ask your thoughts. You've been here for each and every one of them. You were even here with the one I wasn't with Chris LeBron talking the Knicks. So I ask you. Your thoughts, the synopsis is right around the third, fourth spot for the Lakers. If things break right, maybe some things could work out a little bit higher. That seems to be the consensus of the experts so far. Do you agree or disagree? And if so, why? I agree with the consensus, Gerald. I really do. I think, uh, you know, if we use uh, Spence from last night, um, Wes from the Hawks, uh, our good friend Matt Moderno from Washington, uh, they all kind of had the same um, same impression that, you know, top-heavy, staying healthy, the depth is there, likely going to stay probably within that top three seed. But some people aren't, aren't as high, but nobody had us – like in a plan situation or uh, as, as a sixth seed. So I think uh, for a lot of people, I think the Lakers season, as far as a consensus is championship or bust, even with uh, a possible injury here or there, Gerald to LeBron or AD, I don't see the kind of drop off that we saw in 2021 when, when eight, when AD went down, the defense just fell off a cliff. But it was all right because we still had LeBron. But when LeBron went down, unfortunately, we had a G League level offense. And I don't see that kind of predicament this year uh, just based on the the depth we have. And we're really top heavy as far as uh, playmaking is concerned, which is a plus. Uh, Shooting, yeah, it'll come and go. It always does. But I think uh, we'll be able to uh, keep our heads above water, even with uh, some injuries here and there. So I agree with the consensus as far as our guests are concerned. I, I still see us as a, as a top three seed. And um, j- just generally, a lot of people love the moves we made. Like, uh, even if they weren't too high on the Lakers, uh, uh, there was a consensus that the moves they made were were in their right, right uh, trajectory of what they needed. Also here today, good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and subscribe to his channel. Now, what are you waiting for? It is Empire Jeff TV. He is the man behind the agree to disagree. Sounds like almost like our show. It should be like a subtext right there. For No, I disagree to disagree. I'm okay, see, so there you go. My case in point. It is Empire Jeff TV. And Jeff, great to have you here, my friend. I knew you were battling the LA traffic, so I figured you would be here by midnight. But when it comes to, kidding, LA joke. When it comes to what you're hearing about uh, our shows with the guys that have come in from the experts from all around the country so far that have talked about their teams, we've had several from the Eastern Conference already. The gauging seems to be where the Lakers are at, where they're seeing so far this season, barring any moves or trades or injuries, about a third or fourth place finish overall during the regular season. 
for the most part, I think on, on this panel, I think that's where we see them as well. Barring anything that's done, barring anything that's going crazy or awry like that, where do you see the Lakers as it stands right now? Do you agree or disagree with what most of these uh, people that have been hopping on our show have been saying? Pretty much agree. Um, I had them between second and fourth, really. So probably the third being average. So um, I can see them finishing third. Absolutely. So I everything that you know that Magic Man said um, there. They are top heavy with playmaking, but I believe this roster was constructed with the idea of giving Braun and, and AD games off and less minutes. So, and able to carry that, and I believe that those two roster spots were left open for to add to that depth. So, um, I could see them being anywhere between the second or four seed. Um, I could see Phoenix guys missing a lot of games. I could see Denver probably not really focused on the number one seed anymore. Now they got the chip. I think they're going to try to you know get into the playoffs healthy. So I can see them take some games off. I think the Kings will be hungrier. I could see them. Uh, they were, what, the uh, third seed last year. I could see them maybe rise in the regular season. A team like that probably takes the regular season a little bit more serious. Clippers going to clip. And uh, let's see those other teams, like, out there. I mean, from five Memphis to the plane. after the Jaw suspension? The Jaw suspension, but I, I like I like what Memphis has done. Um, I like the Marcus Smart pickup. Um, I like the leadership that, you know, even at, at this stage of his career that Derrick Rose can bring them. Um, I think I've, we've all seen them play without Ja, um, including last season, they still got the two seeds. So I could see Memphis being two through four as well, because being a young team. And, uh, I think those guys are going to be up to trying to prove themselves with Ja out. And, uh, I just think Marcus smart being there is going to impact them. So I I've got them in the same range as the Lakers two to four, but, um, got to see how that lines up though. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you joining us. It is Empire Jeff TV, Magic Man Sean Grice, and also here as well. Good man indeed. It is the guy behind Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns a great company you got to check out today if you live in the Southern California area. Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, you mentioned earlier about the merchandise for the Lakers Fast Break. Obviously, it helps us if the Lakers are winning or are a good team and everybody rejoices and we don't feel like we're at a, a funeral like we were last year after 12 games, two and 10. I felt like wearing black all the time because it was just like so depressing every every single game. Uh, like, how you doing, Joe? Gerald, I'm doing okay. It's really great. This team sucks. What can I say? So I ask you, my friend, I don't foresee that type of thing that's coming around. I don't see that type of start for the Lakers. I am in agreement with what most of the experts that have come on here that have been saying that there should be falling somewhere. Like Jeff was saying, second or fourth, who knows uh, as far as where the breaks will lie. I do think though, that Denver just their, their sheer advantage of, of what they had as far as a home court advantage which, you know, people, they had to fly in there, usually on the back end of a trip or after a, a back-to-back, and you're going there and it's the elevated altitude against these other teams. So I thought that was a built-in advantage. That seems to be taken away a little bit, so I'd probably say they will not find the same success that they did this year to the extent. They're still going to be very successful, but home court advantage may not be as abundant for them. Your thoughts on where the Lakers so far getting a readout. Obviously, we still have a m- more than a month to go to evaluate in full, but are you getting a good readout along the lines of what those other experts have been talking about this so far? This I, I honestly haven't really been paying attention to 
quote unquote experts right well, now. Well, the the guy, the people that have been on this show, the guys that you've interviewed, the gals that you've interviewed. Yeah, I mean, the, the, a lot of times, I mean, I'm not going to say they're trying to be polite, but the easiest thing to say right now is that the Lakers are going to play well in general. But at the same time, if you're paying attention to what was done in the summer, the team is structured to withstand some negatives, which is times that guys like LeBron and AD aren't playing. But my assessment is not so much them being able to take a week off. My assessment is, can you manage the in-game minutes? Because I think that's really ultimately what matters. The reason why that's important is you don't want to lose the chemistry. You don't want to lose the continuity. That's why it's important that these guys play as many games, but you limit their activity. And that's where the acquisitions and the trades and, uh, and, and the young guys that might be developing more skills to help will come in to play. And it's going to come down to Darvin Ham and the players without blame going anywhere else anymore. Uh, the blame can actually also dissipate from Darvin Ham if players are not healthy to play. And I'm players not healthy to play, that is uh, AD and LeBron. LeBron has a little bit of a leeway, but AD, there's a little bit of pressure on AD with 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 him now in this the prime of primes uh, and still somewhat not truly fulfilled potential. I know we're asking much, but it's true. AD was supposed to be an MVP. He was definitely supposed to be a defensive player of the year by now. So I am still looking at AD as the the top of the mountain guy. And then LeBron is going to kind of be circling around that mountain, making sure that he's, I guess, preserving himself until it matters when playoff starts. And that's, it's, it's very difficult to predict anything right now uh, based off of no play. We're basing it strictly on hope and the acquisitions that Rob has brought in due to his limited ability to do what he did. They were limited. They only could do so much. They couldn't go get a third guy that would probably make things a little easier. Third guys these days are making $40 million. Some of them are even making 50 and 60. Bradley Beal as an example. So it's uh, it's it's important that we, we, we wait. We want to wait. There's only so many damn predictions we can make between July 31st and September 30th. That dead time in the NBA, you start to get redundant in the discussion. We've talked about what this team might be, where it's going to go, how it's going to be. Yes, it's nice the first four or five times, but at this point, I don't really want to talk about what should happen or what could happen. We need to start looking at what makes sense when it makes sense. And that's where I stand on that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. 
Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening right here, of course. Let me ask, get it back to you, Mr. Madman from Toronto, Madman from Canada, the guy that just got out of Toronto traffic to stop by here on the show. Let me ask you this. When it comes to what you've heard so far, a lot of the experts have already been on the show that have talked about the Lakers. They've stated that they like the additions that the Lakers made. I know that we picked these additions apart, and some may have seen that as a negative, some may as a positive. I just wanted to make sure everything was brought out to the table, where these guys stand in their careers. Their defensive ratings were all on the higher side, which was very concerning to me, but they all have either promise or they have played at a good level already so far in the league. Your thoughts on their assessment of the, the actual uh, individuals that they brought in, in the off season. And do you think they can just go ahead and make sure that that adds depth to the Lakers lineup that you really like? Yeah. You, you know something, Gerald, I thought that, uh, I think the one move that was um, liked, um, you know, from from ear to ear by everybody was the the Gabe Vincent signing, which yes. uh, which was a surprise, I think, to just a lot of us because uh, you kept hearing Gabe's name with the Raptors, you kept hearing it with uh, the Spurs or the Rockets. I can't wait but, until we bring on a Miami expert so we could hear their their assessment of that. Yes, because like it, <laughs> it was very it was very subdued. Rob Rob was like a black mamba in uh, the weeds of sub-Saharan Africa. Nobody knew he was out there, and he he managed to sign Gabe Vincent, so that was a plus. And then not to not to uh, put too much of an emphasis on it, Gerald, because he is a role player. But he did sign Torian Prince almost right away as well. Like as soon as Vincent was signed, about about ten minutes later, Torian Prince was signed. So obviously, uh, getting in an accomplished uh, volume three point shooter uh, was obviously a necessity on Rob's bingo card. So a lot of people like that move. Just, just as a simple role player, I think you're not asking Torian Prince to uh, go above and beyond what he's capable. So it doesn't of. concern you that Minnesota wasn't willing to go ahead and pick up his 10 million on his last contract because no. it's not like it's not like what uh, Milwaukee got when they got Beasley. Beasley, they're just taking literally on a flyer because they're paying him the minimum. The Lakers are paying him not four and a half, not a whole lot more, but it's just still it's they are getting a player that was let go by another team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's true. Uh, I, I, you know, there, so it doesn't concern you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't concern me. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, again, not if everybody wants to go back and, uh, take a look at the, our thoughts on what we had on Tory and Prince, I'll post that. But gen, our general thoughts were that, you know, Minnesota just asked him, to do too much. They put way too much on his plate last year, uh, considering the fact that uh, they had, you know, a multitude of problems. They had injury problems. They had rotational issues. Um, and, and let's face it, Gerald, a, a, a lot of what Chris, Chris Finch was doing was just throwing crap against the wall to see if it stuck. 
because the Rudy Gobert experiment was not working out so well. Um, and obviously there, there's consequences with that. And sometimes it's a guy who uh, isn't going to get a lot of playing time or not the playing time he thinks he deserves or he's not going to get the touches or what have you. Uh, I, I just think it was a, it was a situation where, where Prince was put in a position that he, he wasn't, shouldn't have been asked to do. I think that coming to the Lakers, he's not going to be asked to do that. There are plenty of other capable wings that the Lakers have uh, to play that role rather than having Torian Prince play the three and D role in Minnesota, which he is not, he's not a three and D player. Um, He is a good volume three point shooting role player who can play good defense when he's committed to a team concept. Um, you know, again, like we talked about, if he's if he's on the floor with Rui and Austin or Vando and, say, um, a Gabe Vincent or Delo, I feel much more better about his a defense being guarding, you know, the second or third best perimeter player on the team than you are asking him, yeah, you know, Torian, I need you to make four threes tonight, and you also got to shut down the the opposing player's best uh, offense. So, it, 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 just asking him to play that role is is asking for problems. Uh, look, Gerald, if we get anything out of Cam Reddish this year, that's a bonus. I I, I think uh, if he's going to play anywhere in the league, well, it's got to be here. It's got to be here. A team that ups the tempo. Uh, you know, it just, if he could get to the point where he can shoot 33%, 34% on three pointers, I'm not asking for that much. I'm just asking for leak average. Yeah. 34%. I, if he could shoot 34%, my God, that's, that's four to 5% above what he normally shoots. 100%. That would be, that would be monumental for helping him out and keeping him out there. So he becomes available for running out in the wing for LeBron for easy dunks. Oh, absolutely. Because he's going to be called on to play. Uh, and playing not, decent defense too. And playing defense, decent defense. I don't know how much of a role <laughs> he's going to be asked to play. Like we'll find out as a season. He'll goes have to on. earn a spot. He'll have to earn it. If everybody's healthy, he'll have to earn it. So I'm almost thinking, you know, he's, he's an emergency, an emergency of an emergency wing uh, based okay. on health. Uh, other than that, you're right, Gerald. He's just going to have to earn it. He's just going to have to play better than other Lakers right now. And I just don't see it. I, you know, Rui might drop off a little bit, but I don't see him edging out Rui for any significant playing time. Don't really see him edging out Vando for any significant playing time. Uh, Prince has a role, uh, set in this team. So I think it's going to be very difficult for Reddish to find minutes when this team is healthy. So like you said, he's going to have to play really hard when he's out there and make Darvin Ham and the coaching staff put him out there more. Kind of disagree with you, though, on Vandy. If Vanderbilt doesn't start, where do you actually utilize him off the bench? That's That, to me, is going to be a problem, is finding him minutes if he does not start for this team. But then again, that's a question we're going to have to answer possibly down the road. We'll see how it shakes out in training camp. Jeff? Uh, another problem, and we can go back to Vanderbilt if you like, but D'Angelo Russell seems to be the one name that was mentioned constantly by our experts about D'Angelo Russell uh, being an enigma, so to speak. I mean, they were surprised in some cases that we actually brought him back. Uh, 
So I think that he's going to be a good regular season performer for us as he was statistically in Minnesota, although the off the floor on the floor numbers in Minnesota did not benefit D'Angelo very much, which was the reason why he got traded. But I think that he can have a good on-court season. In fact, he needs to in order to solidify himself continuously still as a regular starting NBA point guard. If you, you know, if he doesn't do well this season, people are going to start have questions about him. But it's the playoffs that that really got him uh, his his uh, mistakes, his flaws really started to show out in the playoffs. But your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell? who was pointed out on more than one occasion by the guys coming and gals coming on this show to talk Lakers with us. Um, so D'Lo, well, I'll tell you what, if Minnesota thought they can get D'Lo at 17 million for this season, he'd still be in Minnesota. But um, yeah. secondly is that um, I like, there's a couple of things here. The D'Lo thing I like uh, from a standpoint of getting Gabe Vincent to not only who actually had a better defensive year overall than Shooter last year and can hit big shots and can fill it up. But I like his uh, one that he's a better defender, at least defensive rating than than Dennis. And two, he applies pressure to D'Lo offensively. So if you took D'Lo out last year and you're just going to throw a Shooter in there, he couldn't he didn't have the three point making uh, ability in volume when he gets hot like someone like Gabe Vincent does. So having someone who can come off the bench, apply pressure for D'Lo. Um, again, D'Lo is either going to play well or his contract is there to be moved. It's it works out either way. Um, even even with the Cam Reddish portion of that, there you can only trade one to two minimum players depending on how the deal goes. And maybe there's some guys they probably don't want to move on a minimum, so Cam's probably there for that slot. So if you're getting um, D'Lo in here and D'Lo comes in and he gets you 15 a game at 17 mil a year, it, it works. If it doesn't, you know, it's an expiring contract. More than likely, he probably he probably gets moved along with one of those minimum contracts and they priced him perfectly to be able to make all kinds of moves with him for up down and money either or. So and that's the thing. I mean, all those contracts outside of the top two are easily movable. And that's you bundle one or two of those up. You can get yourself a, a severe uh, upgrade right around the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it's there for. So they, he looked around the market. There was no deal. Um, that could keep his bird rights moving forward. The Lakers look at him and said, you want your bird rights? All right, lower your asking price. We'll get you. You can keep your bird rights. We move you. You can keep them. Win-win, um, especially at that. Uh, you get a starting point guard in this league at 17 some million a year. Not too bad. So, um, and like I said, I really like the pressure of uh, Gabe Vincent being there to apply the pressure on him. If he has some bad games, you plug him right in there. And, uh, you know, technically, Delo's going into more than likely a free agent year again. So he's going to be motivated. And, uh, even if D'Lo has a great season, again, uh, he has not been great in playoffs. So they're going to have to try to figure that out. And Lakers, quite frankly, have to figure out how to use D'Lo. If you're going to try to Robert Ory him and keep him in the corner on catch and shoot, you're limiting his skill set. They have to figure a way to get him more involved. Uh, but I do see, I do think these other guys defensively, the Princes, the Gabes, and all these guys will go up because they've never played with a player like Anthony Davis. So that alone is gonna is gonna help them on the team defensive side. So, uh, but D'Lo, when it comes down to it, um, I'm hoping he has a good year. I really do because I I, I like D'Lo's skill set. I like his shot making ability. I like him being able to pull up and transition and hit a three. And he's got a better passing ability than people think when he's engaged. Also can make free throws in the clutch. So if D'Lo can be D'Lo all the way through the year, then it works for us. If not, he's probably out here. Wanted to ask you this, Joe. One of the other individuals that they cited was obviously Austin, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves has played so tremendously for Team USA. He was the big hero 
yesterday against Greece. We'll see how he plays tomorrow when none of us will be awake for the <laughs> game against Jordan and the Rondé Hollis Jefferson, a.k.a. Kobe lookalike game. I, I'm sorry, 1.40 a.m. Pacific, 4.40 a.m. Eastern. He, he's Kobe and Jordanian. I mean, I, yeah. I never met anybody born in New York, uh, uh, played at Arizona, all of a sudden become Jordanian. I, I thought that was the first time I think I've ever seen that, but I digress. Uh, what was your question now, Joe? Well, my question is basically that uh, your thoughts on if he can go ahead and continue. Give him a break. Give him a vacation. Do not have him go hard in, in training camp at all. But once he gets back into game shape coming up at the start of the season, where do you see him progressing to? How far do you think it can go with Austin Reeves? I mean, our, the people that we were talking to all thought highly of Austin Reeves. They think that the sky is the limit with this kid. Are you in that same mindset? You've been very complimentary of him so far, and I think that's going to be the case. If he averages three, four points more a game, it's it's going to be astronomical in terms of his benefit to the team. You also have to figure there's guys like Max Christie. You had mentioned Redick. You know, any um, – did I say Redick? Uh, <laughs> Redick, he, he hosts a podcast now, but he's yeah. in retirement. No, I meant uh, – Reddish. Reddish, geez. Somebody <laughs> said Reddick earlier today, and I well, it's been in my head. But he was on with Rondo. Reddish. Reddish. Uh, look, Rob put together kind of like a potluck here. And when you go to a buffet of a potluck, like a picnic, you're going to get probably two or three recipes of food that you probably eat and go, whoa. Oh, never had this. Pretty good. And then you're going to have probably four or five. They're like, eh, lasagna, eh, mac and cheese, eh, regular bread. So that's the same situation here. You have so many players that have something to prove. Even the ones that are ascending, guys like Austin Reeves, guys like Austin, uh, Chris, uh, Max Christie, any one of these guys who is better this year than next year is going to help this team. I mean, huge. So now imagine, imagine if you go to a picnic and there's five dishes that are off the charts. Yeah, man, we're, this thing is not really a hit and miss. It could be a complete, it's very unlikely that it'll, it'll miss, but then you got the middle ground and then you got the chance of it being huge. The chance of it being huge is LeBron and AD playing 70 games this year, 65 to 70 between the two each. And then you have guys like Austin, Max, Gabe Vincent, guys like that who up their level up. They put their level up. And with guys like LeBron and AD, there is a good chance that happens. And then, of course, D'Lo, the second an earthquake happens, everyone blames D'Lo. The second he plays well, it's an anomaly. So he can't win either way. He can't win either way. If the Lakers lose, it's his fault. If they win, he did his job. There's no credit for him. So for him to at least get to a point where he's not missing wide open shots against the Denver's, against the Memphises in the playoffs, you know, that's that's pretty much what his value is going to be at. And I have to keep pointing out, D'Lo got 
had a bad series against Denver, but so did Jimmy Butler and so did Gabe Vincent. So before you guys start toting Jimmy Butler as the greatest two guard in the history of civilization in the Eastern Conference run and the finals in 2020, understand that Jimmy Butler looked pedestrian against Denver in the finals. Gabe Vincent, after the first game in the finals, looked pedestrian. Denver just played perfect ball for an entire season. There's nothing you can deny. They had the luck on their side of no major injuries, and then they played like a team. Everybody did their job, and they won it all. And they stopped everybody on their path. They swept the Lakers. That, that, that There's no more, do, more dominance than that. Regardless of how close the games were in game two and four, they still lost. So my only thing with Denver is it looks eerily the same as Dallas in 2011. I believe this is a one and done for them. And I'll wait for them to prove me wrong. Magic Man, can you get good tacos in Canada? That's what's being asked by Darren in our chat. I know Joe was saying good tacos in San Diego. So can you get good tacos in Canada? Yes, but not in the Toronto area. I think I'd have to go to where Gerald was in the great province of British Columbia. Yes, in the city of Vancouver. Because I just, I like, I I had an argument with people in this city the other day. It's like, guys, there's a lot of nice Italian restaurants in Toronto, and we have a lot of nice Greek restaurants, but we don't have the kind of food diversity that you guys think we do. Vancouver does. I can tell Vancouver you does. Yes, Vancouver you pointed does. that out to me, and I'm very indebted to you for saying that. Uh, Darren says he's in L.A., so tacos are a way of life. Absolutely. Here in Vegas, all I have to tell everybody is Roberto's tacos. They're the bomb. And that's it. Uh, San Diego, I'm sure, except, you know. I'm not sure why you're laughing, Soro. You were. Uh, you San were Diego, you never, you I were, never dispute. Listen, you don't tell me Mexican. when I laugh. <laughs> you were whole humming lasagna I will never there. dispute what Mexican lasagna food in San Diego. Lucha Libre burritos are the are legend. Lasagna is, legend. A, is a lazy dish. I remember when I used to have banquets no, in football. No, you, you're out of here. You're yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> telling you right you're now. Out of here. It's a lazy dish. No, no. Put a bunch of cheese on something and put it in the oven. Come on, have, a, have oh, some. Yeah. You got to get the sour Whatever. cream. You got to so make sure when you got it comes... the filling right. I'm not a big ricotta guy. That's why. Oh, that's nah, right. Well, that makes now sense. The truth, comes, nah, the truth yeah, comes out. The truth yeah. comes out. There you go. Like San Diego it's and not, LA it's nothing against lasagna. If you can't handle the truth, don't ask questions that you can't handle. Southern California and Mexican food right. is the best. Absolute best. You can never argue with that. But, Sean, getting back to the Lakers, when it comes to what we heard overall, again, third or fourth in the conference, doesn't seem to be a problem with that. But I think that the Lakers could find the opportune time with the right move, but also if they stay healthy to be a little bit more than that. I said 47 to 52 wins is what I'm thinking of at this point in time. May change, may not. But that puts about all these other teams in that same context. I don't think there will be one team in the Western conference that'll hit 60. I think one of these teams will hit 55 with the right, you know, breaks LeBron and AD stay healthy. The depth is there. You never know. They could be the team that finds their way through, especially if the back half of the schedule breaks out right as it seemingly 
looks like it can do for the Los Angeles Lakers. A hundred percent, Gerald. And I was uh, just for you know blanks and giggles. I looked at the uh, the schedule from the NBA from last year, and it was really interesting. You remember that I think through the first of two and a half months of the year, the East had a better record against the West, right? Yes. Yeah. That had a lot to do with the fact that at the beginning of the season, they bunched and crammed a bunch of back-to-back games for the West, and the East Coast teams were coming in off a day or two rest, and they would happen to win by about 10 or 15 points. It's a little different now with this in-season tournament. They're not really giving a lot of teams uh, from the East Coast the rest that they gave them last year just based on, like we were saying, Gerald, they wanted this in-season tournament. So, I mean, if you want to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs and a lot got to get sacrificed. I don't think the East is going to have that kind of same advantage that the West, over the West this year. On top of that, we all know we are the superior conference. That's just the way it is. It's been that way for the past 20 years. It's probably going to continue to be that way until the East gets their act together. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that we cannibalize ourselves. Like it, that's just the way it is when you play in the West. You're likely not when you play a team, a really good team. It's likely you're not going to win three out of four or four out of four. You're probably going to split. So I, I think you, if you have that mindset, looking at it, yeah, I agree, Gerald. Probably won't be a team that cracks sixty wins unless. There's a team, Gerald, like the Jazz were a couple years ago, uh, where everybody's just firing on all cylinders. They've got, like, no injury history, and they ended up just just winning 60 games. I don't see that replicating for any team, so I agree with you. I think anybody tops out, like you said, Gerald, 56, maybe 57 at the most. I will say to the chat, um, I know that they're asking – uh, if you go to the Palms Buffet, I think it's every Wednesday. It's their seafood buffet. All you can eat uh, crab and lobster. All you can eat lobster right there for you. And they have it served in different ways. And they also serve crab a certain a couple different ways there as well. So just want to let you know. It's right around the uh, $65 price range. Uh, it would definitely well worth it if you want to go ahead and make sure and up your cholesterol level indeed. Uh, I do want to mention to Magic Man before I send it to Jeff. I want to add, let you know that uh, I think what was in the comments right here, Taqueria Los Mayas in Buffalo is good. So since you are in that area, my friend, and you did have done a New York trip in the past two weeks, just wanted to give you an idea on where you might want to go. For I that. like it better than tuna helper myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. What's, <laughs> what's, 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 uh, what's well, we're the... all talking about these fine dining places. I could just see Joe walking into the local Ralph's and getting it, you know, just the tuna spread. There you go. Yeah, but don't get tacos in New York. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, all it's right, not, brother. Not what they do there. That's my city. I love it, but trust me. like For pizza. Yeah, pretty much anything Italian. You know, they got the real Italian. They got the real Chinese food. They, they got all kinds of different, you know, different. Stuff. If you're going to go like, if you're going to go like Latin cuisine, don't do Mexican food. Do okay. the, do, do like Puerto Rican, uh, do Dominican, do do something that's, that's different. Don't, don't do Mexican food in New York. Trust. <laughs> Bloodhound right, says, Bloodhound <laughs> says, you could roll over in a good and good and a great taco is in Southern California. Yeah, you could just, you know, right walk right down the street and that's, 
That's true in SoCal. But uh, so, Jeff, Gerald, I, do you prefer hard <laughs> shell or soft shell tacos? That's what I was asking earlier in the chat because Joe had mentioned this great uh, San Diego place for tacos that he didn't mention exactly where it was. That's why I was asking hard shell or soft. Of course, he I wouldn't. prefer hard, hard it, shell for me. I it do like soft where it's shell. From. It depends where hard it's shell. from. It depends where you're going to. to. Yeah. yeah, I like it crispy. Crispy, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like you need your tacos like your bacon, crispy. <laughs> there you go. Jeff, I want to ask you this, though. For most analysts that have been on this show, but also as well that have been on almost every show I've listened to, with one one difference, have mentioned the West is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, one thought the West was absolutely overrated, and they started to expand upon why, and I just couldn't believe their logic, so I kind of just turned that podcast off. But the West, I think, is going to be very loaded up front with any one number of six to seven teams, I think, that can realistically think about getting a spot high up there. Not maybe essentially winning the conference, but can do very well 45-plus wins in the Western Conference. With that type of mindset going in, how tough a battle do you think it is going to be for the Lakers this season? I mean, not as tough as battle as whoever has to subscribe that person medication for saying the West is overrated. But outside uh, of that, yeah, I, I um, just turned it off. That's crazy. Okay. Outside of that, look, when you think about the West, you think about just, just look at last season. Look how many people were bunched between the fourth and like the 12th seed going into the end of it there. Right. So at any given time, you had, you had teams literally trying to like, I don't want to play this team. I don't want to play this team. They were cooking the books at the end of the season, trying, trying to duck to where it backfired and all of them, they all had to literally win just to not face Phoenix and the Clippers like, well, we don't want the Lakers to top us. So we have to kind of win out. Right. So it was just, you don't want to put yourself in that type of situation again, but it is going to be bunched up. The West is going to be a dog fight. The West is going to be crazy. And I think you're going to see the teams that, uh, that want to take the regular season series, continue to go down that trend where they really don't. So like, I think the only team last season, if you looked at everyone from Phoenix to the Clippers to the Lakers to the Warriors, none of them care where they got seated. The Lakers are like, so we'll play the second seed. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like we, we can beat them. So at the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to like how the standings start lining up, what your health looks like. And then you can get to that weird situation. Like Greg Popovich started even Tyron Lue when he was in Cleveland, where they don't like to show their whole playbook during the regular season. So you're not even going to see how these teams even fire off really, because some of their best sets, especially their out of bounds plays, you're not going to see a lot of that. until you start getting into the playoffs. So health depth, and um, but I do think that Darvin Ham, a uh, guy who's coming off a rookie year coach and, and kind of taking some bash from some fans there, I think he's going to want to try to make a name for himself as a head coach in this league. So I think he's going to take the regular season more serious. As you said, the Lakers starting 10 at two and 10, excuse me, last season, they definitely want to revenge that start. So I could see teams like the Lakers. Um, I want I'm very interested to see how Denver plays now as the hunted instead of the hunters. And uh, that can be defining for their season. Um, like I said, the rest of them just comes down to, to health. Who knows how often PG and Kawhi are going to play? Um, you know, if Utah gets off to a good start, Danny Ainge be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to have to send some of you guys out of here because uh, we want to be in the lottery again. So when you see some of those teams, I think teams like OKC will probably take a leap. Minnesota, I just I just can't seem to ever figure out. I don't know where to put them either. They, they could be a team that could that could be like a fifth seed or be out of the playoffs. Like, it's just I don't know where to place them. So as far as teams that get like 45 and up, you know, like every year we want to start to believe in the Pelicans, but they're getting to that Clipper level. I don't know if Pell's going to Pell is going to become a thing, but they just seem to just kind of not be able to get things right. So when you start looking at them, you can see a bunch of 40, 45, 47 win teams. And I think you're going to see the teams with something to prove. Maybe the Memphises, the Lakers, and, uh, and teams like that um, kind of leapfrog those teams as a result of it. 
I, I really do think the Lakers get around 55 wins. I really do. Joe, Jeff said it about Darvin Ham. Second year going into what is hopefully going to be an improved coaching season for him. You and I uh, and uh, Stone Hansen, uh, I hope he's doing well. Big shout out to you, Stone. We miss you very much. And hopefully you'll come back to us uh, whenever you can. Um, we're relentless on Darvin Ham as far as his three guard rotations, which I'm still allergic to might need medication for if he does that again this year. Also as well, you talk about just the, the rotations were, kind of suspect but i think around the minnesota game late in the season that the lakers won on the road i told you that day that something clicked with him as far as the second half adjustments the things he was doing the, the way he was planning things out seems things seem to mesh a lot better in his coaching style we saw i saw a different coach that day and from then on, I saw someone that was able to change on the fly, someone that wasn't so rigid on his rotation, someone that was actually going ahead and making substitutions based off of what was going on in the game. Your thoughts on where Darvin Ham can go from here and how important and vital is that for the Lakers to have a successful season? I'm curious if there was outside influence guiding the lineups. There seems to be this analytical, heavy contingency that surrounds sports these days. If there's one sport where analytics are really suspect, it's probably basketball. Because if you had a war stat when it comes to the NBA, I mean, one great player can just shatter everything, right? I think Darvin Ham didn't really have the full arsenal at the beginning of the year. Uh, he didn't have a team that could gel really at all. Uh, Russell Westbrook might have been friends with everybody. He might have made you feel like, well, you know, this is a special player most of his life. People were enamored by it. And a lot of the, the talk, you know, when you guys talk about these shows who say the West is weak, and you turn it off, that's the right thing to do because that's stupid. That's a stupid comment that's that comes from nothing. Uh, it's similar to what these jackholes, guys that played in the NBA because they're worried about criticizing someone who's not doing the right thing and they're worried about insulting that person, right? Most of the people who keep yapping about how Russell Westbrook is a first ballot Hall of Famer, guys, there was a time when Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan were first. Uh, let's go deeper. Are you going to bring back Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right now? Look, it's over. He's a Hall of Famer, greatest player of all time, arguably. Russell Westbrook is not has never been, even when he was in his prime, a cohesive team player. And it got worse as he got older. And it was a detriment. Why? Look at the goddamn win and loss record. Don't listen to me. I'm just going by what I saw. And what matters in sports is W's and L's, not the S's, okay? You can have all the S's you want. W's matter. Now, if you're competing, if Russell Westbrook is going to the finals and losing or Western Conference finals and losing, I'm, I'm, I'm more apt to go, hey, you know what? Fine. 
right? That's what it is. In a lot of ways, we were trying to see if James Harden could be that guy, but he doesn't seem to even get to the finals, really, unless he's like a third option, right, early in his career. So this comes down to wins and losses. So Darvin Ham did not have the recipe to make a good lasagna. Since we're using that analogy now, okay? He had picnic lasagna. He didn't go to Rustico's down the street over here where the true Let's not have are. a fight over lasagna, okay? please. Well, I'm just saying, you know, we're talking about it. We're, 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 we're going to tie it into what we're saying. Make it fun. So Rustico's down the street, OG Italians living here. They make good lasagna. I go to a picnic where they're giving out Peely Awards for football. You're going to get like four or five different lasagnas, and they're going to be okay. So that's kind of the same situation. As soon as Darvin Ham got a team that actually was a team, lo and behold, holy crap, now he can coach. And he just happened to actually go up a level in the playoffs. I mean, there's no denying that, guys. We I saw his adjustments in these games. This is, this is big, this is, these are big games. And he did well. And I expect him to do well again because he has a better team going into this year. It's just going to be a matter of can the pressure be handled? Of course the pressure could be on. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are there. LeBron James handles pressure like, you know, like the great player he is. That's He's been doing it. And AD's AD. Nothing, you know, you don't ever see AD throwing a, a cameraman to the side or anything like that. The guy's cerebral. The guy gets it, right? He deals with the negative and deals with the positive in the same way. And that's going to help Darwin hopefully enhance the guys around them, put something together well. And if he wants to run a three-guard lineup during the regular season that's effective, so be it. But if it's not effective, then we're going to have to get on him for that. But this is the NBA uh, 2023-2024, guys. You're seeing it in these these lousy international games. Everything's a three-point shot. So what difference does it make at this point? That's all they want to do now. Well, it matters because the Lakers are 27th in three-point efficiency, and that has to improve at least even a little bit. I'm not asking for them to finish in the top 10, but if the team, with that they have a full year of D'Lo, they have a full year of Austin Reeves in the starting lineup, they have, uh, what, Prince at 38%. They even have Gabe Vincent, which is slightly better, uh, who's a slightly better three-point shooter in statistics than what Dennis Schroeder could give you off the bench. All those little things and little tweaks should raise the average a little bit up of what they are. And if they can get into the top 20, that's a market improvement and gives them even more opportunities to go ahead and run and also get to the free throw line, which is what they did best to maximize their offense. Yeah. But Magic Man, uh, some great conversations. Again, just giving everybody the feedback, what I've gotten and what I've gathered so far from the team experts i'm hoping to get more feedback upcoming when we got joshua hicks coming tomorrow and the day after aaron rose joshua from chicago and aaron on the toronto raptors so looking forward to those great conversations plus what we got upcoming for our fans and the listeners and watchers and viewers upcoming next week but before we head on out javel mcgee was finally waved and stretched and here we go joe you heard that sigh right there by the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he has to clear waivers. It takes about 24 hours, but he'll be a free agent. Nobody's touching that contract. It's pretty safe to assume. Your thoughts on this, my friend. We touched on it quite a bit a week ago. Monday on that show was one of our uh, best rated in the past couple of weeks. People had their opinions on it. 
A lot of people still think that JaVale McGee still has that old magic. You can get out of him to see if he can go ahead and supply you with what you need. The leader in the clubhouse is actually what our good friend and our new subscriber, thank you so much for doing a taco business. It seems like, according to Walsh, that Sacramento seems to be the leader in the clubhouse for JaVale McGee. Absolutely, Gerald. Yeah, look, when we're when we're talking about signing a player at this at this stage of the uh, preseason, normally it's hard for me to think of a situation outside. Uh, it's you know you're getting a player. You're not going to the dealership and buying a new car. You're going to the wreckers, which I personally love, and you're looking for a set of nice spark plugs, or you're looking for a nice seat cover. You're like that's what you're looking for when you're at the wreckers. So when you're at the wreckers and you're looking at Javale McGee, is Javale McGee in the same category as a Bismack Biombo? I don't think so. I think McGee has some some juice left, Gerald. He can't be a productive, still defensive player. Offense is kind of touch and go with him. But he's able to at least give you 10 to 15 minutes of quality quality play from him, 35 years old, JaVale McGee. So it looks like the Kings, for whatever reason, they're going to they're gonna look after him, like, they they just recently signed Skull Labiesier. That's what I was gonna say. Like they <laughs> signed a guy, they signed Skull again. They had him, developed him, I guess, to what they thought he could be. Gerald let him go, and now he's back into the fold, right? And now you're talking about well, bringing partial in guarantee, Jim. though. Partial, partial guarantee, yeah, partial guarantee this time. But now you're bringing him back, and you're possibly bringing in Javale McGee. It'd be an interesting move for them. I think that's just kind of, I think that's depth and uh, cushion for, uh, I really think they, they got lucky last year, Gerald. This was the healthiest team in the NBA. They didn't have injury problems. That's why they were able to be the upstarts they were. So this year, uh, a couple of things. One, they're not surprising anybody this year. Because everybody knows that when you play the Sacramento Kings, you better bring it for 48 minutes because they're young. They get up and down. And as we've seen with D. Fox, he's turned it around, Gerald. He's become a very clutch player. So in that sense, can JaVale McGee hitch his uh, on the wagon and play a role for them? I think he could. I think he could. But I think this is more about trying, trying to find ways – to reduce Sabonis' minutes because he was he was gassed in that game seven, Gerald. At the end, he was gassed. But uh, his Javale, you know. I know, I know what you're washed. saying. I know what you're saying. Yes, yeah, it, that could be said. Washed, okay. that could okay. be said. No disrespect to him. Hats off. Multiple champion, changed changed his ways, became I a very effective Kurt. role player. Yeah, <laughs> if you take the drug from Limitless, that you know maybe that's the only way you should be on the Lakers. But let me ask yeah. Jeff. Oh, go ahead, yep. Sean. Finish. No, up. no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. 
Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Jeff, what are your thoughts on this? Because we didn't get a chance to ask you, because uh, you weren't here yet on the week before. Well, you were in the chat a week ago Monday. Your thoughts, though, a little bit more on McGee, you know, where do you think he stands? Uh, do you think he's a player that can still help a team, whether it's the Lakers, Sacramento, or anybody else? Or do you think it's finally time that he heads out in the sunset or overseas for the last couple of years of his career? I think JaVale could be a good vet on a team. I wouldn't want JaVale in my top eight rotation, maybe even not top 10. If you get him as your 15th player and he's a good locker room guy, and a good mentor and a guy that's there in case someone gets hurt, then maybe I don't hate that so much, but to use a spot uh, when there's other guys out there and other guys are going to shake loose more than likely, I would put him towards the back end of that. If we're sitting here October 20-something right before the season starts and we still don't have a decent big there, then yeah, okay. But So what would you do on the 14th spot that's right now open? On the 14th spot, I would wait to see what shake loose. Uh, the, The Lakers, I have a pretty strong feeling. The Lakers are praying to every guy out there that Isaiah Joe gets cut by OKC. And uh, I think it's a strong possibility that he does. Uh, Dead-eye shooter, young, exactly what the Laker needs. Uh, he kills us every time, too. So I think I think he's one of the guys they're waiting on to see if that happens. When you look up and down that OKC roster, it's really hard to see who else they move or cut. Uh, I don't think they're going to take that money hit by moving all the depot and all the, the other guys' guaranteed money is bigger than Joe's. And uh, he's a immediate impact player. So I think the Lakers are waiting for impact players to get cut. Uh, and, and I do think that even though I don't like talking about this guy too much um, because I don't think he's worth the pub he got, but it's been a while. So I think Christian Wood is a possibility. Um, I think they're waiting to see out. Christian Wood is going to sit back and wait to see if and when the Philly or Portland deals happen, see how many teams are involved in that, uh, how much money gets moved around, if there's teams that can sign him. Because even Miami signing him for the minimum right now takes him into another bracket. Like, are they going to go into that tax for Christian Wood? I don't think so. But if they make a move, free up space, and they have more money to spend with one of their exceptions without going into that apron, then Miami becomes possible. All things being considered, if it's minimums all the way around, I believe he ends up a Laker. I think the Lakers would have him today if uh, they guaranteed him a starting spot, but they're not doing that. So I think they're going to look back and see that 14th and 15th slot, um, which they're going to do. And I, another reason why I think they did that Cam Reddish deal is to get to that 15 for that 90-day rule to keep those three, um, those three two-way players. And uh, I'm hoping, like the Lakers are, that Isaiah Joe becomes one of them. And um, they're going to try to sit back and see who shakes loose after that. But as far uh, as JaVel McGee goes... I, he wouldn't, I wouldn't like right now. I, I think there'll be better options available. Um, I think people who want to bring up 2020 need to go a year later and look at 2021. Everyone was begging to get that guy out of town. They couldn't stand him. They couldn't wait to get him out of here. He's going to be two and a half years older, less productive. And uh, I would pass. It's just so much after the, his great performance, uh, filling out the roster and helping out the Lakers in the rotation on the way to a championship. It's been so much of a scattershot deal with him, you know, his time, however effective he was in, in Phoenix, then you got what he did in Cleveland. Then you got what he did in Dallas, just been mixed results. And I think the latest results, the latest eye test has said, you know, JaVale probably has had his 
too many of his best days behind him in the rearview mirror on that. But uh, I know that uh, Joe, when it comes to JaVale, it just seems like uh, it just his name just is still out there with Lakers fans. Still think they should go ahead and pick him up. I don't. I don't agree with that assessment. I just think it's time for you to move on. You know, the the Wenyan Gabriels, the JaVale McGee's, uh, the Tristan Thompson, these guys are stiffs, just glorified stiffs at this point in their career. Just got to move on from those guys and put guys on there that can possibly make a difference, even if it's bringing up one of the two-way guys. Des Moines Hodge, Castleton, these guys have a lot of flaws. These guys have a lot of uh, growing up to do, but they also have a lot of things that they can go ahead and bring up. Worst comes to worst. I would rather bring up one or both of those guys than bring on one of those old age and, you know, far too much in the rearview mirror type of guys like that's been talked about constantly. Biombo, beyond no, as I always say, you know, those guys just, they don't help your team win at this point in time, Joe. No, and I, I believe the Lakers already know this. The Lakers are making all the right moves at this point. They're waiting for the, the guy that they want. And if they're patient enough, I believe they will get it either through. Worked out for them last year. Yes, either through some kind of pickup or some trade that they can make during the year when they know who's going to contribute down the stretch versus who isn't. And I think they're playing it brilliantly, and I believe it's going to work out in the end because the Lakers do need at least one big, preferably a starter at, 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 at center. But I've come to the conclusion that there's a possibility that might not be possible. But if you can at least get that guy, and if I can be hopeful like Gerald Glassford, hope that Jackson Hayes plays better than I think he will. That could be a huge help to him. Yeah, absolutely. If one of the, if him or Cam Reddish exceeds expectations and finally fills out the potential of both of those lottery picks, you know, they already had one from that draft, as Joe likes to mention. What it's the eighth, ninth, and tenth draft picks from those from that draft that we now have. The tenth draft pick, Rui Hashimura, has exceeded our expectations. If we can get one of those other two to do the same, that would make this team look even better. But that's a big if, Joe, and yeah. I agree on that one. A one out of three is usually the ratio. And you can't have a JaVel McGee on this team anyways, even if yeah. he was JaVel McGee of 2020. Now, you could still have him, but he can't be a starter. Yeah, You have to open up the lane. This is not LeBron of 2020. If LeBron of 2020 played against Denver in this last series, we would have won the championship this year. So you have to understand LeBron, and that might have been LeBron's dead LeBron because of how the year played out. He might get a little bit better this year from not getting burnt out, but he's still a year older too. So the lane has to stay open at this point. Otherwise your spacing is going to be garbage and you're not going to be able to take advantage of what Jeff said, D'Angelo Russell's skills. And Darvin Ham has to work that particular area extensively this year. That's going to be very important. And D'Angelo looks like he's put in the work. AD looks like he's put in the work. You haven't heard anything on the LeBron front, which likely means he's been putting in the work. The Lakers are going for a title this year, and it's likely the last true run where you can use LeBron's talent as a 1A to win a championship. If they are to still compete after this year, they're going to need at least one more star. 
to kind of keep that ball rolling. That's why I'm I'm banking on 2024 as the last really AD LeBron duo championship because I think another year after that I think they're going to be the AD would have to have back to back MVP type seasons for them to have a chance. But then I think LeBron I think will be one less. You know, it's going to be another year of LeBron getting older. Uh, 2025 is starting to look like the summer of 2025 is starting to look very interesting if some of these stars do not sign extensions. And I am praying that doesn't happen because if it is, the Lakers are going to have choices in stars. And I'm talking the stars. And that's the thing that ever since we were one of the first on it, Sean, as far as Giannis Tentacumpo, now everybody's talking about it. It's so funny because last week we were talking about JaVale McGee. Now everybody's talking about JaVale McGee. Everybody last, uh, we were talking about Giannis Tentacupo. Everybody's now talking about Giannis Tentacupo. We're, we're the, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to foreseeing the NBA drill, we're, uh, we're Kasparov playing chess and everybody. But that's also what you get. Yes. Well, that's also what you get when, when you have uh, a show that's on regularly like Jeff's and, and ours is just on, more constantly you're able to go ahead and get this news sooner out to everyone out there but when it all comes down to it my friend i like the fact that we have waited because if christian wood isn't you know if i'm assuming at this point that there has been an offer made by the lakers it's a minimum deal and christian wood has said no and if that's the case just continue saying no if you're going to come on you're going to come on if you're not you're not at this point there hopefully will be other options and i believe once the cut down comes, Hernan Gomez, I've also talked about as far as on the show, if he gets cut uh, by New Orleans because he's on the tail end and he does bring some things as far as spacing out. I think that's also a name you got to keep in mind besides the OKC kids. There's probably a couple others around the league as well. I like the fact that the Lakers have kept it open and in a fail safe condition. If you really need to do it, if nothing breaks your way, you can always bring up the kids and have them fill out the back end of the roster, at least until you get to the point where you can figure out what to do next. Absolutely. And uh, Gerald, to for everyone's kind of disappointment, uh, it was just announced. Um, I believe they, the game they recently played against Brazil and that Willie signed a three-year deal with FC Barcelona. So he is not going to be playing in the NBA until at the earliest 2026. Willie who? Hernan Gomez? Yeah. I, I thought Juan, I'm talking about Juan Hernan Gomez. Is, is oh, that, that, okay. That yeah. New Orleans. Oh, Who's you're the, talking which, about. Which, which Hernan Gomez is on the New Orleans roster? Yeah, uh, it was Willie. It was oh, Willie. Willie. Oh, so he's so he was a free agent and signed yeah, with. It's okay. Juan. Yeah, it's Juan. Okay, it's Juan. It's Cruz, Juan. Yeah. Then the, okay. But it was still, Willie, then. still one one Hernan Gomez to another. They're both very productive players. But Gerald's okay. right. That like that guy. If he's and Georgianos from Greece has signed uh, with with another team overseas for two okay. years. So it's, that, right. I've heard it's so nice you guys cleared that up. That was very yes. nice. Yeah. Well, we're ta- we're talking here. Both so no more Hernan Gomez there. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he's remained patient, Cheryl. No, I mean, quite literally, so he could have, he could have not panicked. That's not the right word, but just been a little bit more uh, impulsive and and signing wood and maybe wouldn't have the options he have now. There are a lot of options open as as yourself and Jeff has, have talked about. Uh, so he's he's remaining patient and. Uh, it, it, there's still it feels like 
the season's around the corner, but there's a whole whole lot of action still left as far as executives are concerned, Trev. We still got training camp. We've got cuts from training camp. And we're going to find out pretty – like, there's still, as Jeff was alluding to it, you've alluded to it, Gerald, there are still teams with 17, 18 guys on the roster, and you got to trim it down because you only got three two-ways and one exhibit 10. That's that's all you have in the war chest now in the NBA. You can't you can't play this game where, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign this guy to a three year deal, but he could go down to the G League anytime we need him. No, it doesn't work like that. So it, this isn't baseball. This isn't hockey. Usually, you, when you sign a player, it's not it, there aren't options attached to it. They're either on your roster or they're not. So I'm glad he's remained patient, Gerald. We've talked about it before. It, it, it's it's bode well for him and for the Lakers that he just sat back and just watched watch what's going on. I applaud. We're applauding Rob Palinka this year, ladies and gentlemen. So far, we are applauding him. That's so Jeff, that's that's conditional though. That's conditional that is, on this show. Yes. We don't don't kiss go back ass. on the don't go back don't off kiss the rails. Yes, this time last year, we were just like, Rob jokes were plenty. Joe had his Rob print out right there as he would use a print yes. over his face. <laughs> yes, so he was the butt of our jokes for quite a spell. And now Rob is money. <laughs> uh, there you go indeed there it was uh, empire empire jeff uh the thing in the chat i've noticed since we've been started this conversation was i know that uh was mentioned by darren but it was also mentioned by several others as well vincent give a big shout out to him wanted to go ahead and mention was the fact that uh you know they want a big player intel wild mentioned as well as far as a big player uh, that you know, hopefully can put some type of body against Jokic, or else he'll have us for lunch. Well, they mentioned Taco Tuesday, but I wanted to ask your thoughts on this, Jeff. Yes, we do need a big body to go ahead and, and face off against Jokic, but we also need a stretch five. So there are very few individuals who fit both criteria. The one that only comes to mind for me right now that actually plays decent defense, can stretch the floor, and can put uh, you know a lot of body against Jokic Yolan uh, is Jonas Val- Valanciunas somebody so you'd have to go and make a trade <laughs> for who's still young enough to do it because I think it's what 29 around right around there late 20s if I'm not mistaken yep. Yep. so you would have to make a trade for him and of course you know Griffin would be there just you know licking his chops at the prospects of that uh, he doesn't become a free agent until next summer which obviously mm-hmm. would be a tantalizing thing for us to go ahead and look into next year. But your thoughts on this, my friend, it's probably not going to work out where we get a large center that can stretch the floor realistically anytime soon. That would be you be able to start or play significant amount of minutes against Jokic. So where do you draw the line as far as providing that kind of backup big or starting big or just a big that could go ahead and take care of some of those needs that I've been discussing? Um, I mean... There's a couple of guys out there who I think um, I'm not sure they find that guy by October. They don't need to have him by October and they need to have him by May, you know? So, um, so at the end of the day, I think when you look at it and I'm not even convinced that the best way to try to, to, to beat Denver is to try to stop Joker. I'm not convinced with that. So I, I think that, I think you need more, more wing depth and, and more guard, you know, the guard defenders. To, to I think Murray, Murray is the key. Yeah. 
yeah. So I think if you try to sit back and stack up, I mean, I, you look back, obviously he's not Shaq, but look at all the teams that try to stack up on centers. Doesn't didn't do any good. It won't matter. You know? So at the end of the day, make him run, get him out there, get, get him involved in pick and roll. You need bucket getters is what you need. What, what, the, what the Lakers ran into problems where they couldn't hit shots in the fourth quarter. They couldn't get offensive rebounds. They couldn't stop people in transition. You know, um, we're sitting here trying to figure out how to add things to stop Joker, but we got to look at what Denver lost too. I mean, losing Bruce Brown was huge for them, huge. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, I don't think you really need to go down that path and get too crazy with it. I think you need shot makers. I think you need guys who can get back on defense. And I think you can sort the rest out. There is Valanciunas. Well, I'll tell you this, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about this right now. So um, the Lakers and Pelicans got a little interesting situation coming up in, in, in this next year. So uh, that pick, that 24 pick that could become the 25, the Pelicans have the option to push that back. They may try to tax the Lakers for that. Hey, we'll push this back here and give you your pick this year if you make it worth our while. Maybe that leads to a bigger trade in Valanciunas. You know what I mean? There's 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 a reason to have a conversation between those two teams because it doesn't probably make any sense for New Orleans to want that 24 pick. They would probably want the 25 pick, but they want the Lakers to think they want the 24 pick. So a natural dialogue is going to occur there, I'm sure, multiple times during the season. And let's see where New Orleans are when you're sitting there and you've got if B.I. is hurt again, if Zion is hurt again, and all these T.J.'s hurt again. And then you may be sitting back where New Orleans is like, we're going to push this pick back. Let's see if we can get something. We're going to not resign this guy. So let's see if we can get a little more to move that pick back and get this swap here and make it happen. So I think that lines up. Another thing, keep really strong attention to the day before the start of the regular season when all these other guys who can sign extensions when they don't sign them. Because when they don't sign their extensions and teams are far apart on deals and know they're not going to re-sign them, then those guys who can be moved, uh, and probably half of them might be moved, become legitimate opportunities. And there's, there, there's a couple trade packages out there that I think the Lakers are sitting back on and looking at D'Lo's uh, money as an option. And a lot of, you can get two for ones for D'Lo in a lot of these scenarios, because I, I think I've said this before, you gotta, the tiers of trading isn't just on 110%, one 110%, 125%. Those aren't the full tiers anymore when it comes to doing trades. D'Lo's bracket, which was so smartly placed as well as Gabe Vincent's contract of 1.9 less than that full um, mid-level, it's all dollars and cents. And so Rob is lined up to swing trade it, it, almost in $15 million up or down when it comes to D'Lo. So, and he can do it and he can aggregate him. So at the end of the day, the Lakers are sitting back just perfect when it comes to that. Because even if D'Lo doesn't play well, someone's going to want that, uh, that, that expiring contract um, at, at the end to get off or something. So um, I don't think the Lakers are too, I don't think they're worried too much about filming this by October. I really don't. I think they're looking at the, I think they're looking at who gets, uh, who gets cut and let loose prior to the season, December 15th, January 15th, and the trade deadline. I think that's what they're looking at because, again, you don't have to have a stopper for Joker by the start of the season. If that's what you're focused on, it has to be later, but I think they need to focus more on the guards. I think that's what very well said. I think that's something like I said. If uh, Murray goes off again, you know, Jokic is – who has found a, a really substantial way to go ahead and figure out a way to go find – a way to stop Jokic, and I don't, I don't see anybody at this point in time uh, being able to stop Jokic, and it's just that's the thing. So Murray has to be the key because if he's playing alongside Jokic and just blowing up like he did in the playoffs, that could be a problem for any team, including the Lakers. But Joe, 
uh want to ask you this uh you know it's been all over chat <laughs> zangerstein's here great to have you here z great to have you back uh, i want to ask you this though uh, it just adam just mentioned the chat john wall as an option if gabe vincent doesn't work out gabe vincent you know from a lot of us have been said as far as a positive is concerned there has been a few people who have questioned the signing of gabe vincent he is not on a huge contract. So if it doesn't work out, it's not like it's the be-all, end-all. I think he'll be solid for us. Plus, he has played well in the playoffs. He's shown that. Didn't play well in the finals. But then again, on Miami, who really did? Your thoughts, though, on you know Gabe Vincent and the card guard play being such a key for the Lakers going forward. John Wall, to me, I think is not the answer anymore. Yeah, John Wall's not the answer to. He did anyone. such a great job for the Clippers. He, he's he's not the answer to anyone in the NBA. Matter of fact, I think there's been discussions that he's going to be playing overseas. Uh, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if that's something he would want to do. I think he should retire and just do TV work. I think he's best suited for that at this point in his career. Uh, looking at the Lakers in terms of whom they brought in, Gabe Vincent being one. Gabe Vincent does provide something uh, in terms of kind of the grit push for D'Lo uh, to perform. Uh, I don't know if it's drastic, though. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think D'Lo understands that if it doesn't work out in L.A., he'll have another place to, to showcase his skills. I don't think he's too worried about it. But D'Lo has shown a maturity that's obviously different than when he first came to L.A., uh, if you look at his uh, <clears throat> work so far this summer, he's looking like he's in pretty damn good shape. I think he might have even added maybe five to ten pounds of uh, of muscle uh, to maybe combat a little bit more of the physicality that he probably dealt with during the Denver series. Because uh, if he can get good separation and still keep that jump shot fluid, you're you're going to have someone who's likely going to be playing better this year versus how he played last year. But last year isn't really a good barometer. He was only there for a couple months. They had the playoffs, and that was it. He's going to have a training camp now. He's going to have built-in chemistry with this team already. It's going to get better. And he never seemed to gripe or whine when he was on the bench. He was very supportive, very, very, very into the games. So I, I, I think one thing that we're not paying attention to with this team is it looks very, very cohesive already. It looks cohesive. The only guy that can kind of put a monkey wrench in that is someone that's been putting a monkey wrench in other things, which I think they can, uh, <clears throat> you know, distinguish quickly, which is uh, our good friend uh, Rubbish. I'm sorry, not Rubbish. Uh, Reddish. Reddish. So <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe – I do not believe – His three-point shot has been rubbish throughout I do NBA not believe career. Reddish will change his stripes. But – I also said that about Dwight Howard in 2020, and I was wrong. So a little bit of me wants to jinx it. But if Reddish starts talking about gameplay and minutes, get him out of there. Because Reddish has to understand, unless he starts shooting 45%, 42% from three, and is, and is doing it, playing 15 minutes one night, eight minutes one other night, 25 minutes another night, 12 minutes another night. If he doesn't understand that that's going to be his role on this team, then he needs to go. Can't have any 
any distractions this year. We're already playing with the injury distraction. We can get that out of the way. We don't need some malcontent who doesn't think he is getting a fair shake for the fourth time in his career. After the second one, you've lost your opportunity to use that excuse. And it's a good acquisition for the Lakers to just see. Could he come through? Maybe he will. It's happened before. You saw it with Dwight Howard. So any one of these guys, Gabe Vincent, Reddish, Prince, Vanderbilt, Rui, if any of these guys play, let's say, the fifth and sixth guys that are ascending their talent from the previous season, this team will win what Jeff said they'll win, which is 55 games, and that might be a one or two seed. 55 should be, yeah. Yeah, 55 is likely going to be a one seed. That's what I was That's what I was saying in the, at, earlier in the show. 55 is a, a good number. And the that's Lakers need to – I know it's game one, but we have been sucking ass in opening nights. That needs to change. Two things need to change right out the gate. You got to win that damn first game and stop losing to the mother effing freaking Clippers. Enough already. I want to sweep this year, and you'll have that opportunity. Because those geriatric clowns are done in my book. They can go get James Harden. They can go get James Harden's cousin. They can go get the dead corpse of John Wall. I don't care who they get. Okay, Joe, I actually want stink. I, uh, Joe. To be honest with you, I want them to win the series this year. I want them to sweep next year when they're in their arena. I want them to sweep then. That would oh, be the both. ultimate. Ultimate. <laughs> they swept them entirely next year when they were in their own arena. That would in be the, just awesome. In the toilet center? Yes. So that like would you, be... Uh, like the, the, with the brand new toilets. More than anyone in the league. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, the Los Angeles flushers. That's what they're going to be. <laughs> I mean, there's only one word I could have used here, but you know, I can't... I'm really trying to be careful it. here. Yeah, yeah. like... I'm much I'm, I, that's one of the things <laughs> I'm looking... I'm actually looking forward... When Jeff invited us for to his show, that was... The first, there, there's, except there's, I was excited there, about that because now I can probably throw a couple of things in there. Oh, yeah, you, no, I, no, I encourage well, it. You, can, you encourage. can say it. There's, there's better looking roadkill that smells better and looks. You'll better get playback, than, Joe. And what that team is going to be this year. And by the way, do you think if do you think if when Harden said that, I, and I guarantee you, he thought about this. Do you think when he made that trade request, he was thinking, oh yeah, Paul George and and Kawhi, they're gonna just gonna be just begging that management to come and trade me. He, that's what he thought, Gerald. That That's literally what he thought. And then didn't happen because those guys actually did get together and said, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because we can't have a team that has a backcourt with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Because let me tell you something, Gerald. That's the only way the LA Clippers would sell tickets this year is if those two were in the backcourt together. Because a lot of people would want to see that dysfunction up close and personal. Absolutely. I, Good I would to, love to see see it up close and personal. <laughs> I, if I was in L.A. and that happened, Jeff, I would go see a game. I, I literally would. Oh, I, I, I like going to Clipper game just to fight with Clipper Daryl. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. I have <laughs> oh, so much you, fun with did that. Did you see that video of him being knocked out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remind him of that often. <laughs> <laughs> 
often. I call that's why I call it the Clippers. The Clippers have the curse. Like it's the Clipper Daryl curse. It's a real thing, and I I just can't get enough of rubbing that into him. Bloodhound, you got to remember he doesn't drive to the arena. Kawhi flies in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. it's Tahoe. It's Tahoe that's seventeen years old. Finally broke down on him. The gas guzzler. Yeah, <laughs> like what the hell are you doing, brother? You, you just got a brand new. You got two hundred mil contracts, and you're still driving. He's earned a over two hundred fifty million dollars yeah. in his career. A Tahoe, like a ninety-five Tahoe. Come yeah, on, he's, he's got a cupboard full of cup of noodles still. So <laughs> I'm nowhere close to kidding. Word, <laughs> like, word. Okay. like he is. He's still there. Okay, Kawhi is. Yeah, shout he's out different to man. He's different. Yeah, yeah, just... that he is. <laughs> that he is indeed. Uh, great conversation, though. Uh, everybody was killing it in the chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers Fast Break. Uh, guys, any last thoughts uh, before we head on out? It's been a great conversation. I uh, was looking for a topic today, and I was thinking I was going back to the shows, and I saw, you know, I just thought, gathered in all the uh, the intel and for what we talked about, and, you know, that came up with a consensus on there. So it looks like, again, not our official thoughts we'll go ahead and elaborate more as it gets closer in case there's any injuries or last minute adjustments trades what have you but guys any last thoughts before we head out jeff what are you working on man at empire jeff tv uh working on a few different things i can't announce some things yeah i'm trying to line up a couple of interviews that i think i've got but i don't want to say anything until they're done because i look like a moron so outside of that uh, i'm trying to think of you know the next topic there's really not a lot going on right now uh, i've got some stuff coming up uh, about who i think the lakers trade targets are going to be i think people will enjoy that because i think i have i think i know who their top trade package is and uh so i've got that coming up hopefully and that might be next week this week i'm trying to squeeze in the episode uh where i where i kind of break down the cp trade and then the whole like how many rings with kobe i've got if cp and that trade went through, so I think that's going to be a real fun episode. Trying to do that this week with uh, Dan, the Laker fan. And then uh, next week, I'm going to try to do the, uh, the trade packages. I think the Lakers are zeroing in on if and when D'Lo doesn't work. But outside of that, you can find me pretty much here, <laughs> you know, right now before I, you know, knock that stuff out. I cannot wait until we get the Western Conference uh, experts in here, especially Golden State. I'm going to have a lot of fun with that one, especially with the Chris Paul talk. Uh, that's going to be so enjoyable to talk about that because that team is just, it looks like it's either going to go and hit sky's the limit or it's just going to implode there. It reminds me a lot in many ways of the, the Lakers team two years ago when they got the geriatric mm-hmm. roster and you saw how that worked out. You know, the all-star team from 2013 didn't work out well for the Lakers. So the will the all-star team from 2016 work out well for the Golden State Warriors? We'll find mm-hmm. out, but one thing real quick, I want to slide in real quick. Sure. Um, keep keep an eye on keep an eye on how ugly that situation gets in Philly, um, and if it gets to the point where Philly is like, okay, we understand we're not going to get much for him. Let's get us someone who can play and get out for this. And I know it may sound crazy, but as you look around the league and see the teams who actually make that deal, and it could, may work for them just as bad as what they're sending out. The Warriors are a potential landing spot for James Harden for that CP contract. It solves the same exact problem for the Warriors that training cp did uh getting pools off the books and uh cp could play for philly this year and would be better than not having just hard on the sideline talking trash so um keep an eye on i think that's a deal you, you might see talked about later joe any last thoughts my friend before we head on out uh, great conversation tonight you guys were all bringing it and i truly appreciate you taking the time to talk to everybody out there today 
CP3 ends up in Philly, you can guarantee that Joel Embiid will be either a Miami Heat or a Nick after that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's, it's trending that way almost anyways because this Harden situation is that bad. So it's that could happen. I'm, I'm, I want to see how the league and the Players Association deals with this because at what point is Adam Silver going to continue to take it in the face? He's been taking it in the face for the last three years. I think he needs to start channeling a little bit of David Stern, maybe even a little bit of a Roger Goodell, and start telling Michelle Roberts to sit down and shut your trap because I'm not going to allow players in this league to, to just disrespect every official, GM or otherwise. This is, a, this is ridiculous. It looks like a clown show. And the biggest clown is James Harden and the ventriloquist or the hand up the ventriloquist ass is Michelle Roberts. Somebody needs to call these people out. It's a player's league. Okay, we get it. You guys are getting what you want. You're getting paid what you want. You're all happy. But there is a line to draw here. Now, I may come off as a guy that want, that wants to support the owners, but I don't. I could care two clipper toilets about the owners of the NBA. Okay? But at the same time, when you have a representative of your league in another country, a country that I'm not very fond of, cracking on representatives of that league like they're garbage, they need to be reprimanded. And that was kind of uh, the strategy. He he went at um, he went at Mori in China because China hates Mori. So that was that was that was a strategic move, and of it, was a, it, was. it was a dirtbag move. Yeah, and I think the, I think the league should should mellow him, mellow and Dwight Howard him. I think they should phase him out of the league at this point because he's unlike those other guys. Um, whether what way you didn't like the way they played or not, those guys didn't deserve an exile. James Harden does. So yes, they, and they I think it's right. And the, and the NBA needs to support. This you need to support Maury and support the league. And and if this clown doesn't want to play, let him sit his ass at home and don't ever play again. Or go to China. They'll love you there. They love Steph uh Stefan Marbury for, for, for almost what 15 years. Mm-hmm. You got a spot over there, go sell your wine, your champagne, or whatever piss water that you, you sell over there. Stay there, grow. See how long your beard will, will 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 be allowed over there. By the way, just just a heads up. That's true too, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm not again. We, every time we start talking about this, something veers into that water. But I'll I'll hold back on that. But at the same at this point, we're we're putting it all on James Harden. He is a clown. He's been a clown for a very long time. He dresses like a clown. He speaks like a clown. And what you need to do is watch Uncle Buck and see how he handles clowns. <laughs> Right there. Get back in your mouse. <laughs> One of the best drunken clowns ever, by the way. That was <laughs> that was meant that was mental from uh, Dumb and Dumber, by the way. One of the greatest characters ever. Here's a quarter. Go downtown. Have a rat. No, 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 no. thing off your face. Yeah. <laughs> the principal. Somebody. Right? Somebody. Sometimes. And here's a lesson. Sometimes kids need to just be kids and those kids needed to hear an adult talk to another adult like that that's a beautiful thing absolutely. uncle buck was great shout out john candy man absolute legend miss that guy sean we were uh, on the show earlier today 
the Chicks podcast, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, did you have a good time? It was you know a great conversation with the ladies. They only discussed a little bit about the Lakers. Mostly was on the Kobe statue. Then they went a whole bunch of NFL talk. Uh, your, your thoughts on that, my friend? Uh, it was a great conversation. I put the link in the chat. So if you want to go ahead and give those ladies a shout out, uh, it's there for you. A great conversation. I hope you can support them as well. Sean? Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Uh, please out there, please uh, support Three Chicks and a Pod. Uh, Jen Actually, was... it's the Chicks Podcast oh, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, somebody else took that moniker. Jen, so. Jen, uh, Jen Carey and uh, Candy were so fantastic. Uh, very genteel ladies. Uh, know their stuff too. So it was an hour that flew by, Gerald. It was it was a great conversation. I had a blast, and uh, hopefully we can be on again sometime. Absolutely. They, I know they wanted us to talk about Simone Biles. We didn't even get to Simone Biles and her dominance. So that tells you just we had a great conversation. They went all over the NFL uh, talking about the last, you know, the latest cuts, you know, getting down to those 53-man rosters, the interesting things in the league to look for. They asked kind of like our picks in a broad sense as far as from the, you know, whether it was the uh, the AFC or the NFC. Uh, we shared our thoughts on on the NFL in great detail. It turned out to be more of a football pod than a basketball pod. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested, uh, please follow. They, they cornered Sean on his love for the Raiders. Uh, and uh, oh, they right so. we, we were We were all able to agree that the Chargers just suck. Yes. Well, I, yeah, they're, they're the Clippers of football. Yep. Chargers going charge. Clippers going clip. And shout out to the toilets. Yes. <laughs> the Carson Chargers, it. indeed. But uh, then uh, we talked about, uh, you know, of course, the dismay going on in Arizona, Indianapolis, you know, what's going on there with Jonathan yeah, Taylor. Jared, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, you know, if they're just as a side before we head out, if Arizona wants to go down this road, they can. It's just Miami tried this crap before in 2020. They were the last place team, but they happened to win two meaningless games in November. And you know who ended up with Joe Burrow, don't you, Gerald? Was in the Miami yep. Dolphins. That's for sure. That's for I sure. I'm think... putting in the chat for everyone as far as to not only their channel, but also our conversation with them as well. Hope you get a listen. Hope you get, we'll give a listen. So, yeah, enjoyed our time there. But wanted to go ahead and mention again, it is the Chicks podcast. Uh, they're a small podcast. Wanted to go ahead and support them. Please, just like Empire Jeff TV, please go ahead and subscribe. Our goal is to get ours, Jeff's, and and also just everybody out there that can go ahead and support all the shows that we cover. Please go ahead and do so. Support them today by subscribing like ours to get the latest notifications on when we go live with one of our great shows, one of Jeff's great shows, Agree to Disagree podcast. It just really helps us out mean it because i know that we, we were all on a high when we were above 1000 going to 1200 it was great until the bots came in but you know what we're not deterred we're almost back up there again we truly whether it's john mccallion whether it's jeff tv please go ahead and support all these great channels because you make the difference for us for all of these shows but guys uh great thoughts indeed i know you guys got a lot to take care of with jeff tv sim blades Magic Man and I are trying to corner down more interviews upcoming for those team roundups. So really good things to look forward to. And it starts tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're talking to Joshua Hicks. He's going to be there talking to Chicago Bulls. Thursday at 5 p.m. It's Aaron Rose talking to the Toronto Raptors. 
Please look forward to our conversations with them. Please support those conversations. I know they're not based mainly on the Lakers. They're based mainly on those teams, but we do ask their opinions on the Lakers. So please give them a shot. But again, subscribe, like, do whatever you can to help us out because it's truly appreciated from Jeff TV, from Joe Soro, from Sean Grice, and also myself, Gerald Glassford. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.